0: What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality, spirituality, relationship advice, and the list goes on. I will then sit with your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint. But my disclaimer is this I'm not perfect Therefore the advice I share with you The responses that I give to you Might not be good for you If that's the case Please reject whatever it is that I say That doesn't help you to grow In your relationship with Jesus Christ And the Catholic Church But if my advice is helpful though difficult Then I really want to encourage you To lean into Christ more And more prayer And more study And more fellowship And more worship And more service So that God can give you the graces That you may need to fulfill The demands of discipleship over time. If you are a first time listener on uh, today's show, then uh, you can listen to previous shows and or comment and critique and give me feedback on this show and or give me Glorious words for future shows at ww.assisticpress.com slash askfatherjosh. Spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate and review us on iTunes and on Spotify, on Google Play, and other podcast formats. You can share us on your social media pages. This will help other people to find out about the show. If it's good for you, potentially it's good for them as well. And finally, some really exciting news. Our podcast is going to premiere our very first Ask Father Josh on Assistant Presents on YouTube next week on next Tuesday, October the 19th, around, I think, 2.30 p.m. Central, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And so that's exciting. And so please feel free to promote the launch of that show um, on your social media pages and text Ask Father Josh to 33777 to subscribe and be notified about the premiere of Ask Father Josh on Ascension Presents YouTube channel. For today's show, we're just going to address two topics. Those two topics are healthy detachment and modesty for men and for women. But before we get to those questions, I want to share with you a glorious story. So uh, my glory story is this. We had our first DYV night uh, this week at LSU Christ the King. DYV stands for discern your vocation. And so my buddy, Father Colin Cahill joined me, the Mercedarian Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament also joined me. and We we met with guys and girls, students at LSU who are just interested in learning more about vocation and discernment. Uh, and I, one of my big things I always try to emphasize is that our primary vocation is to be a saint. Like That's That's God's plan, like God's particular plan for my life and for your life is for us to be saints. That is the call to holiness right there, to be in relationship with Jesus Christ on earth as it is in heaven. State of life vocations are a means to that end, but we might not enter into a state of life vocation in our walk toward becoming saints. Uh, and so even if we don't get married or become a priest or become a sister or a consecrated virgin, we can still be a saint as long as we are abiding in relationship with Jesus Christ in the present moment. And so the biggest encouragement is, is to pursue Jesus, to pursue a relationship with Jesus and to prioritize that relationship with Jesus to not make an idol out of an icon. State of life vocations are icons that are meant to point us to the idol. The idol should be God and only God. And um, sometimes I think we make the state of life vocation pre-civil, religious life, consecrated virginity, or marriage, an end in itself, as if the vocation is supposed to make us happy in itself, and it can't. Jesus makes us happy. The vocation is a path that helps us to abide with with Jesus, but happiness comes from God and God alone, not from um, different things, right? So it was a gift, but one of the, the, the powerful stories that Father Colum shared was one of his best friends recently passed away, and um, man, he just... It was so beautiful. One of the kids asked uh, about the joy of the priesthood, and he was sharing. One of his greatest joys was the fact that he was able to accompany his best friend toward eternity. His best friend received the sacraments, the last rites, and Colin was able to be there with him. And that's just a gift that I think sometimes we take for granted as priests that we are invited to to accompany people toward heaven, heaven. That ah, oh, what a what a gift. And so yeah it was just beautiful, it was so beautiful hearing that story and being reminded of the gifts of the sacraments in the church and so praise God for the sacraments if you have a loved one who is sick, I would encourage you to not wait until that loved one is on their deathbed but to to make sure they they get the uh, you know the sacrament of reconciliation uh get anointed, get communion uh before they go into a coma it's very it's really important that our loved ones are able to receive those graces from god uh through his priests so yeah, so mm. That's the glory story. It's just the gift of the priesthood. I love it. All right, on to today's show. First question comes in from anonymous, and it is about healthy detachment. What does healthy spiritual detachment look like in the context of friendships and relationships with other people? I'm struggling with what it means to love others, but also to practice detachment from them. If I'm detached from people, does it mean I love them less? Anonymous. That's a great question. So as I was praying for you with this particular question, I was drawn to St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Why? Because Joseph loved Mary. Love. There's so many things I've got to tell you. But I'm afraid I don't know how. Why? Because there's a possibility you look at me, but differently love. He loved her, but his love did not possess her. He reverenced the fact that she was a gift. And so she and he discerned a version of marriage. They discerned it. They were betrothed. They were legally married with each other. And then after they had planned their life out together, Mary receives a message from God inviting her to be the mother of God. And, and, and then she comes home and she's pregnant. And Joseph's like, whoa, like I wasn't a part of this conversation. Like this wasn't, this. Is, whoa, God clearly gave you a new mission that he didn't invite me to be a part of. And it probably broke his heart. But look at his disposition. He didn't grasp at Mary and possess her and say, you are my gift. You belong to me. I belong to you. Nah, he didn't do that. He let her go freely. He refused to possess her, to grasp at her. He released her. He allowed her to be free to go, to fulfill whatever plan God had for her. We have to remember, love is desiring the greatest good for the beloved. The greatest good for the beloved is Jesus. And so because he desired Jesus for her, he was willing to detach from her if that meant that she was going to be able to attach closer to Jesus and he was going to be able to attach to Jesus in a new way as well, or to God, because he didn't know Jesus at that point. So the same applies for us. We cannot possess our friends. Once we possess the gift of a friendship, we will lose that friend. We must behold a friend. The friend is a mystery that needs to be revealed to us over time, over a lifetime, because we are made in the image of God. So we are mysteries unto ourselves. So I don't even know myself fully, so you cannot know me fully so as I learn more about myself little by little I can freely share more of myself with you and you can receive that but you cannot grasp at that you cannot possess it you cannot dictate how I share when I share what I shared and why I share and who I share with and to and for those things only happen in the context of a free gift of self freely given and freely received so the way that we cultivate detachment is by cultivating a heart of gratitude gratitude by combating the vice of greed that, that, that tries to possess things that don't belong to us. What we have is Jesus, and Jesus is sufficient. God is enough. We do not need God and anything or anyone else. And greed takes those gifts of God and says they belong to me. They're mine. That is not good. We hold on to nothing. So I, I encourage you to cultivate the virtue of, of gratitude by reciting the litany of gratitude on your rosary beads After every Hail Mary, name something to God that you are grateful for, a gift that he is allowing you to behold, by singing praise and worship songs like Will Reagan, Nothing to Hold On To, right? Um, how does it go? I lean not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the maker of heaven. There's nothing I hold on to It's nothing I hold on to right Holding on to nothing. Here's another song called "Let It Go." Help me, Let you go. Help me give up control of the God I've made you when my fear has contained you. I think at the root of all of our um, graspings our clinging or possessing uh, is fear. If I let this go, am I going to be alone? And the Lord says, you are never alone. I'm with you always until the end of time. Let go. Let them go so you can hold my hand. If you hold my hand, then you will walk with me and I will walk with you. I will also walk with them. And when it is appropriate, I will allow you and them to be in each other's midst, in each other's presence, to experience the gift of each other. But when it is not good for you to be around each other, I will walk you both in different directions for a season." And there's nothing to fret, do not fear, because you're with me always, and I'm with you always, until the close of the age. So that's what I think about that. That is exactly what I think about that. Now, tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question. Don't forget, my podcast is going to be going On Ascension Presents airing next week Um, As opposed to the audio podcast We're going to answer only one question For the video podcast But we're going to answer that one question with depth And we're going to examine those questions uh, By looking at how it affects Our relationship with God Our relationship with the church And our relationship with our neighbors With each other But we're going to take a break And we get back We will dive into our final question About modesty for men and for women Am I saved? How do I develop a better prayer life? How do I trust in God? The Curious Catholic is a new series of bite-sized books from Ascension that answer these questions and more. The Curious Catholic features small books from various authors that provide busy Catholics ways to go deeper into spiritual questions. The first three titles in the series are from Father Mike Schmitz, host of the Bible in a Year podcast. Father Mike's books explore the topics of salvation, prayer, and trusting in God. To learn more about the Curious Catholic series, go to AscensionPress.com slash Curious Catholic. That's AscensionPress.com slash Curious Catholic. And we're back. All right, final question comes in from Laura. Laura writes this, Hey, Father Josh, I'm trying to find a balance between modesty and female empowerment as it pertains to dress codes and clothing guidelines. I'm a secondary teacher and a coach, both male and female athletes. I want to be able to guide both genders on how to balance this topic. I watched a video on Instagram of a young woman voicing concern about her high school's dress code to the school district board. This completely blew my mind. She pointed out that other people, namely men, are sexualizing girls and women's bodies and basing the dress code on that. Why are others assuming boys can't control themselves? And why do girls and women have to change the way they dress based on others' ability to control themselves? I can completely understand her argument and her frustration. On the other hand, I do believe that our bodies are God's creation and should only be shared with our spouses once we are married and become one of flesh. I also have always had classroom rules and comfort levels that everything is covered up from the shoulder to the knees, head, shoulders, knees, toes, The no matter your agenda. I don't know that that is fair to, anymore. Women shouldn't be forced to dress based on other people sexualizing their bodies, but there's also something to be said for dressing modestly and saving parts of yourself for your future spouse. Do you have any thoughts on how to find a balance and help guide our younger generation? Thank you, Laura. Laura, that's a great question. And once again, I think that this goes back to love. Love is what St. Thomas Aquinas defines in the Summa as willing the greatest good for the other. The other's greatest good is Jesus Christ. So the answer to this question is everything that we do, must be rooted in authentic love of God and love of of neighbor. He also describes in his Summa modesty and he says in the Summa Theologica that whenever we do not dress in accordance with the customs of our society and in accord with our state in life that that might be lacking in moderation. So what we what we wear, how we dress in our society, in our village, it communicates a lot like to us and to other people about what we are about. So when I wear my clerics, my collar, people see it and they automatically think about Jesus or God. And they, or they come to know that I'm a priest and I'm on duty and I'm willing to hear the confession. And even if they don't know if I am, they're going to ask me. Uh, same thing is true for a woman. She wears a wedding dress on her wedding day. And that signifies to everybody at the party, at the reception, do not go and approach her and try to pursue her because that woman has chosen somebody to walk with toward eternity. And so what we wear, it communicates a lot, right? It tells people who we are and what we are about. So why should we care what we wear? Well, the same reason we care about every, everything else that we do because we want to know who we are communicating and what we are communicating to people in our community. I think that it's important for us to be to be modest because our modesty can be a bridge for other people to, to cultivate their relationship with the God that they were created for. That's what love is all about. Uh, a number of years ago, I was, I was singing some R&B songs. And again, R&B songs, there's nothing objectively wrong with them, not all of them some of them are bad but not all of them many of them are really good true and beautiful and um and i, I like secular music. So I, I like to pray with secular music uh one of my favorite songs to pray with is mario let me love you you should let me love you let me be the ones who give you everything you want and need now yeah, that's a great song to reflect on as far as like jesus christ and his love for the woman at the well but that's another story however one of my buddies is not able to hear R&B songs in this season of his life because for whatever reason, they are triggers for him to lust. And so he communicated it to me like, hey, man, like I would appreciate if you would not sing those songs around me. And I respected that. I reverenced that. And so I still sing R&B songs, but not around him because I know that for whatever reason, it triggers him to lust. And I don't want to be a near occasion of why my buddy is lusting, right? What I'm doing, there's nothing wrong with it. But once I become aware that somebody's struggling, I should be willing to suffer with them. I should be willing to say, you know what? But your salvation, your virtue is more important to me than my freedom to sing this song that is passing. The same rule applied for alcohol. One time I was hanging out with some friends and we were um, having some drinks and I invited another friend over who's an alcoholic and all of a sudden, when that friend came over, I remembered he was an alcoholic, so I put the alcohol away. Again, I'm not going to put my enjoyment of of wine over my friendship with this person who, uh, at that point in his life, was not around, able to be around people who were drinking because it was addiction. And so I put the person before the thing. When we love, we need to be putting people before these things. So I put people before drinks. I put people before music, and I should also put people before clothes. And so even if I like to wear certain things, and I find out that hey, there's people my community guys or girls who struggle when they see me in this outfit whether i'm a girl or a guy and it's someone of the same sex or opposite sex who's struggling if i become aware of my my community's struggles my first point of discernment isn't my freedom to like wear what i want to wear and they should get over and they should just grow in virtue and they should be holier and they should go get help and they should get psychological help and go get spiritual direction and go to confession and, and fast and whatever like they should be doing all that stuff because that's good for all of us but at the same time my first response should always be how can i be a bridge for them and am I going to put a thing, as in my clothes, over their sanctification? Again, that doesn't mean that I have to go overboard and be extreme with it. Like if they have an extreme, you know, issue that I don't need, like that might be a thing where I just say, you know, you might not want to be around me for this season of your life. You might want to go somewhere else. But in general, our our first our first choice is always love. I desire your greatest good, and I'm not going to put a per a place or a thing, an object, a song, a drink, a food, anything above you, because I love you. This is also what happens whenever people go through deliverance ministry. Whenever someone is going to go through, like, formal deliverance ministry, quite often what happens is, is the whole household is asked to fast. So someone might be um, a prep possessed by a demon. What some exorcists would do is they will invite the whole household to fast from watching television, not just the person so in order for the person to, to get to the exorcist everybody has to fast from TV for a whole month they have to listen to Gregorian chant for a whole month they have to pray the angels for a whole month they have to um, avoid certain uh, secular music for a whole month so there's all these things that they do for a whole month and if one person also doesn't do it then it's going to affect the person who's trying to find freedom and so if you love then you would be willing to sacrifice watching your favorite TV show even if it's a good TV show right now TV's not good for this person listen to your favorite song even if it's a good song right now it's not good for that person drink whatever you want a drink, even if it's a good drink, you give it up for the person, right? You do that for the person because you love them, and so that's what God calls all of us to. He calls us to love, um, and love is the greatest commandment—to love God, to love neighbor—and love always requires sacrifice. And so, I think the appropriate question is to always begin with, "What does my neighbor need?" And even if it's an inconvenient for me, I'm willing to empty myself. I'm willing to make myself uncomfortable. I'm willing to pour myself out for the sake of their good and their good is always Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ for all eternity. So hopefully that was helpful. Now, with that being said, we're going to pray, but I'm also going to remind you next week, Tuesday, October the 19th, I think 2.30 PM Central, 3.30 PM Eastern time will be the premier episode of Ask Father Josh on Ascension Presents YouTube channel. And uh, I'm super excited about that. So please spread the word. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless.